tried that and it failed. There we go. All right. So we're in Acts. Yes. Yeah. Tracking? Okay. Well, then we're good. I think I'm done. No. Um, so we are in Acts 10, and we get to go through uh, probably my favorite story in the book of Acts. It's a little trippy. It's fine. It's good. Um, so before this point, we've seen Peter. He is traveling around, and he's preaching to the Jews. He's preaching to large groups of Jews. He's going into their homes. He's healing them. Um, and so he is doing all of this. And so now we get to see this shift happen in this chapter. And we get to see the gospel is now being extended to all people and not just the Jewish people. So in chapter 10, it begins with this man named Cornelius, and he is a Roman centurion. So a centurion is like a super high-ranking Roman official. I mean, he's like up there in ranks. He's in the inner circle. Um, so he's a Roman officer, and he's a Gentile. A Gentile just means anyone who's not a Jew. So he is a Gentile. But he, it also says he is a God-fearer. So that means he believed in God. There was a group of people that they were kind of called God-fearers. And so they believed in God. They have seen the Jews. They've seen their worship and their faith and their belief. And so because of that, then they now believe that God, their God is the one true God. So he believes, even though he isn't, you know, officially Jewish because he's not doing the rituals, he's not doing the custom, but he, customs, but he is devout in praying and giving to the poor. So it begins with him getting this vision from an angel and it says, God has heard his prayers and tells him to go and find this man named Peter. And so he, go, he sends his men to go fetch Peter. Um, I think, and take note of this, I think it's really cool that it starts off him getting this vision because it's showing that God is recognizing his faith. And that's going to be cool, and you'll see why in just a minute. So now the scene shifts, and it shifts to Peter. He's staying a few towns down with this man named Simon, and Simon was a tanner. Have y'all ever heard of that? Do you know what a tanner is? I, I didn't. Okay, so a tanner is somebody who works with animal hides. Maybe he tans them? I don't you know. Um, so he works with animal hides, and technically that means by Jewish law, he is ceremonially unclean because he works with dead animals. Um, yet for some unknown reason, God has had has Peter staying in this man's house, which you know, makes him unclean by association. So Peter, he's staying there, and he decides to go on the rooftop to pray. And while he's praying, he gets hungry. Um, does that ever happen to you guys? I know that I try and focus praying, and then all of a sudden I'm like, for dinner I want a cheeseburger, or I have a hard time focusing sometimes. But this isn't actually what's happening here. He actually, he goes into this trance, and he gets a vision um, about food, and he has it three times in a row, which shows the certainty of it. It's not just a daydream. So that's where we'll start reading. It's in verse 11, and it says, he saw the heavens opened up, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals, and reptiles, and birds of the air, and there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. So Peter is sitting here thinking about this weird vision. Because remember, his whole life he has been a devout Jew. So that means it is ingrained in him that he should never eat 
or even touch unclean food. And that is animals with cloven hoofs, scavenger animals, pigs, all of those. And so these are the kind of animals that he's seeing in this vision. And if you go to Leviticus, I mean, there's like pages and pages of all the animals that they're not allowed to touch. So he is perplexed by this. And then at that same moment, there's a knock on the door, and it happens to be the men that Cornelius, the centurion, has sent to find find him. So then the Holy Spirit talks to him and says, go with these men. So go with these men who are wanting to take you to a Roman officer who is kind of the enemy of the Jews. And Peter's just like, ugh. Okay, and so he probably doesn't understand why, but he still obeys, and he does it, Um, and I love that because that's such a great example for us that oftentimes we don't necessarily understand the why, but we should still obey and follow after God even if we don't quite get his point or his reasoning. So Peter ends up going and sharing the gospel with the centurion and his entire family, and they all come to faith which is so cool. Now, remember, the centurion is a Gentile, so he was not Jewish. So he also was ceremonially unclean um, because he wasn't going through the Jewish rituals. And, and if you're unclean, then you're unfit to go and worship at the temple. So by God telling Peter to go into this Gentile's home now makes Peter unclean. And it's God driving home this message that he just gave Peter in this vision just hours before. So he's saying what used to be unclean, God has made clean. So he's kind of turning everything that Peter's ever known upside down on its head. So Peter even tells the centurion when he arrives, he says, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So this is pretty cool that he's getting it. It seems like a simple thing for us. I mean, we're like, Of course, that a Gentile or somebody else can come to Christ, right? But back then, that's kind of blowing his mind. Um, And, I mean, it's chapter 10, right? So it's taking 10 chapters for them to God to, like, address this for him now. Um, Now, it could be easy for you and I to sit back and judge Peter and say, man, what is this guy's deal? Um, Like, why doesn't he think that this person can come to Christ Um, And thankfully, we have grown up in an environment where, for the most part, does teach equality and and that one ethnicity is not more special than another one. Um, So there may have been some prejudice going on here um, that had to do with ethnicity because that was the culture that they were immersed in. The Jews stayed over here with the Jews. The Romans stayed over here with the Romans. You do not really associate. You're unclean if you associate. Um, So... Someone who wasn't a Jew couldn't be a Jew if they weren't upholding the laws. Um, So it was a big step for a devout Jew like Peter to consider that God might be doing something different than he grew up knowing. I mean, think about it, though. In the Great Commission, you know, Jesus died. He resurrected. He came back and visited his disciples and said, "Go um, go and proclaim my name and make disciples of all the nations. He didn't say, go and make disciples of the Jews. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations. So Peter says in 34, he says, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So it takes the disciples a little bit of figuring out of what this means. I mean, does a Gentile who comes to faith, do they now have to do the rituals? Do they have to be circumcised? Or is this 
a new covenant that God is, has made, which it is. So now it's not about offering the sacrifices to be clean, but accepting Jesus, who was the ultimate sacrifice. So all those rituals and sacrifices that the Jews did before, Jesus fulfills all of that, and he was the ultimate sacrifice. And now you're saved by faith simply from belief in Christ and what he has done. I love this passage because I feel like it's kind of one of the first like initial momentum of setting off missions for the nations. It's not the beginning of missions, but it's kind of like opening that door wide open for all people to know God. Um, and now they're recognizing that any Gentile can be saved by faith in Christ and not just completing rituals. It's kind of like Paul says in Romans, we have been grafted in, which is something that the Jews had never been taught their whole time until now. But this isn't just the beginning of missions. If you look back, you can see God's heart for the nations and for all people throughout the Bible. I know it started, the Jews started as God's people, but they were just a vessel that God used to proclaim his name to other people. Because if you look back in the Old Testament, there are a ton of stories of Gentiles being brought into the Israelites because of their faith. And think about the battle of Jericho. Rahab, the prostitute, was brought into the Israelites because of her faith in God, and she helped them. To Abraham, God said, I'm going to bless you, and in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Then with Moses, God spoke through Moses to Pharaoh and said, I'm doing these plagues so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. And then God made Jonah. Y'all remember studying Jonah? What was that in 2020, five years ago? But God made Jonah go and preach the gospel or to preach the good news to a, a pagan nation completely separated from Judaism. And then God used Daniel multiple times. Y'all remember Daniel and the lion's den? They're stuck in Babylon. He ends up sharing um, about God to multiple different kings there, and they end up worshiping God. And then John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So Jesus was... Yeah. Jesus was humiliated and beaten for the world. He died a horrifying death for the world. And he was raised again after three days for the world. Not just these people over here, but for the world. So after all of this happens, after Peter has gone into this man's house and he's preached the gospel and they've, they've accepted it. Then Peter gets to witness a really cool sight. He sees the Holy Spirit come on all of them, and they begin speaking in tongues. And I can just imagine it would be a really, really cool sight. But it's just validating how God was reaching the Gentiles, how he really does love all people, and he doesn't show partiality. So something for us to consider when we think about this story is how are you loving the other? How are you loving other people of different religions, backgrounds, race, ethnicity, circumstances, whatever it is, how are we loving them and how are we sharing the truth about Jesus to them? Now, are you, there are people that you think have, are too far gone or that maybe don't deserve it? Because if you step back, none of us have deserved salvation, but yet God, Christ, still died for us. So our response should be to live it out our whole life for him and make sure that others have the same opportunity to hear about him just like we did and just like Peter is getting. All right, I'm going to pray, and then uh, Dave's going to come up and tell you where to go. All right, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for um, being a God who loves all people, that doesn't show partiality, and 
doesn't care what kind of mistakes we've made um, or who, what culture we belong into, Lord. Um, I just pray that we can learn to love you with all our hearts and um, not be afraid to share that with others.